I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc did you know that there is a new warlock in town yes is it a truck uh, it's a truck. Oh. It's a it's a pickup. Oh. It's a pickup <laughs> it was truck. like some badass hardcore band. Okay, so well, wait a minute. No, because the warlock is based on the classic. No, it's not. It, not, it, not to... anymore. Oh, so welcome to <laughs> TFL Talking Trucks podcast. Right. And on this podcast, we have several news topics. Um, quite a few things happen in the world of pickup trucks. And we want to discuss all that. Mainly, the 2024 Ram 1500 pickup truck lineup was basically announced. That they put up a huge number of pages on their website uh-huh. describing it. Yeah, and you know what my description of that what, is? Why, what? Oh. The reason why is because there's almost nothing that's been really, truly updated. It's Ram is once again doing what they've done so many years, even with FCA and all that, where they stretch out, stretch out, find ways of adding maybe a little thing here, a little thing there, but nothing significant has really been changed. Well, I'm not wrong. Well, that's why we want to talk about this. Yeah. Yes, because I'll, I have a counterpoint to your point. Oh, you do? Yes. Right. Um, also, there was a leaked image of, uh, or a couple of images, several images of Tacoma 
all new 2024 TRD off-road version of it, which nobody has seen in real life until this leak. Well, wait a minute. We've seen the TRD off-road. No, we? no. We saw the TRD Sport. We saw the TRD Pro. We saw the limited ones. We saw the... Remember, we even saw the little pre-runner. Right. So we haven't seen the off-road yet. No. So that's I, what the leaked image is. So yeah. Okay. And it's kind of like what we expected, but there are a couple of nuggets we can discuss. Okay. And also, I heard you had a rant or something. I have a little bit of a rant. Yes. Yeah, so it's coming up later. Yes, we're going to go slightly off topic. Sorry, podcast. But in this case, because Andre's here, we're going to stay on course and we're going to give you all the news that you're waiting for. And also, there's another cross topic that we can discuss related to pickup trucks. That's right. Which is near and dear to my heart, which is... Having a truck powering other things, like uh, campgrounds and work stuff. sites, work, work sites. sites, or a home that went down because of a you know the grid crash yeah. or something like that. I, I've been a proponent of this, yes. and uh, but not everybody's on board. I agree with you a hundred percent. And here's the crazy part: so many automakers, truck makers, I should say, have had an opportunity to do it, and they haven't. So we're going to go there as well. Yes, but before we do all this, we have to thank David DeLeon because <laughs> well David. <laughs> has supported us on Patreon, mm -hmm. and he has a comment, a very fun, fun one. David, thank you very much for your support. So patreon.com slash TFLcar is the only place on Patreon where you guys can support us. Yeah, it supports uh, all of TFL stuff. All of TFL Studios. Um, and by the way, everything on TFL is alltfl.com. Mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes you tell us, wait, you didn't do this. But we, we may did, have we done have, it. We have yeah, done we, it. We did it. Remember, we have eight channels, four websites, and... Two podcasts. Well, technically three, if you count the classic podcast. Oh, yeah. Once in a while, we'll yeah. do a classic. Right. So, yeah. I mean, things get a little lost in the weeds. The good news is we have alltfl.com, so you can go and find stuff that we may or you may have missed. Yeah. So, David DeLeon was recently in our neck of the woods. Okay. Because he visited Estes Park, Colorado, which is a really nice mountain it's town. 25 minutes from here. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, touristy, but I think you got to go there if you're in the, in, the, in the area. Oh, absolutely. You got to see the Stanley Hotel, which is what Stephen King used for The Shining. And it's also beautiful. Yes. And there's lots of elk. There are, and, and they're huge. And also mushroom picking. You can go mushroom. Oh, don't even start with the mushrooms. Okay. And the <laughs> hippies. Anyways, he also looked at the, uh, he visited Lick Skillet Road, the steepest dirt road in our state, basically. We used to use, early days TFL, we used to use Lick Skillet Road all the time for testing four-wheel drive systems, traction, even braking and towing. It's one of the steepest uh, county roads in the United States. Yeah, period. And it's all dirt. Period. And it's dicey in the winter. Can oh, you imagine? Hell, it, you, I can't imagine. It's I, more than dicey. It. Yes, it's more than dicey. Yeah, we, we've come very close to making some major mistakes on that road, which is one of the reasons why, frankly, we don't use it very often. Yeah, but we're still here. We survived. <laughs> but but David has another comment. Sure. He said he recently watched Tommy's and Andre's Me, mm -hmm. uh, a D2D trip, a cross-country cannonball in a Tesla. And he said that Tommy mentioned that he likes Rudy's barbecue. Oh, That's what okay. Tommy said. All right. Well, I would agree with Tommy, actually. All right. Um, but he says you got to go to the original Rudy's barbecue, which is just outside of San Antonio, Texas. And it does have a nearby Tesla charger. And so David was a little bit upset that we didn't go to the original Rudy's. I'm a little upset that you didn't go there. More importantly, that you didn't bring anything yummy back. <laughs> well, okay, David. Um, I, pr I promise. Next time I'm in San Antonio, which is, by the way, where the Tundra is built mm -hmm. and the Sequoia are built, 
uh, I will do my best to visit the Rudy's. Original Rudy's. And we may not be done with doing our cross-country trips, so we may be through there doing a different cross-country trip in a different vehicle. Although, on a coast-to-coast cannonball run, it's a time-sensitive issue. Yeah, but if you're charging up, you know, you go into Rudy's while you're charging. They, I'm sure they'll but be done in 20 I know, but if it's, not on, if it's not directly on a route, that's, it's kind of not possible. Did you not hear him about how good this barbecue place is? Uh, yes. We can afford the time. Okay. We'll make time. That's not going to fly with Roman, but whatever. All right. So, yeah. So, we, we are planning more cross-country trips mm-hmm. coming up soon. Yeah. So, stay tuned for that. So, let's take this Ram topic, right? Mm. So, I've been... Well, we, we both... We love old trucks, but we appreciate Ram trucks. Why? You know, burly, big V8 engines. Beautiful design. I mean, externally... Beautiful and, interiors. And the interiors are some of the best still out there. They, they're very competitive. Yeah. And they've done a lot in terms of changing the game. They were one of the first to do uh, coil springs in the modern era, I should say. Uh, first, you know, with, with uh, air springs or early on adapters. They have done some interesting things with tailgates. They've done, well, obviously the TRX, which is a monster move in the right direction for certain types of trucks. But at the same time... They have had the platform that we're currently seeing, but more importantly, the powertrains we're currently seeing in the same truck for many, many years. And they're falling behind the competition. Yes, so in 2018, they announced the current generation. It's called DT. Yeah. Um, As previous one was DS. And they've kept DS, (laughs) called it classic. For five years, right? Still, right now. Yeah, it's still being built. (laughs) It's insane. Um, So they're building two generations of their light-duty half-ton truck, uh, the 1500 Ram. Um, And too many, like you just mentioned, lots of positive things. Mm -hmm. But I I waited. I was waited. That's why I found the story. I I was on their website, Mm ramtrucks.com, and I saw that 2024 uh, tab pop up and I clicked on it immediately and I saw this that they're introducing par- as part of their lineup for next coming year the Warlock trim which used to be their classic trim for the off-road version but now it's here in the new trim alright let's talk about what this trim is before I start yelling well okay so this is basically a little bit more affordable so they have the mini trims right they have just a simple 4x4 mm-hmm. they have an off-road package yes they have the back country package right. which we reviewed recently yes we did that gives you you know a little bit some trim but also like a rear locker uh, a little bit beefier tires now the warlock package appears to be have a blacked out exterior really aggressive tires and then just above that they will also have the rebel mm-hmm. right rebel gt yep and TRX. Okay, and I'm looking at this truck, and I'm looking at a... Is that a two-tone paint job, or is that just the angle they shot it at? I don't think it's a two-tone. Really? Because it certainly looks like the... the yeah, it almost looks like the top is darker than the bottom. Right, it does, doesn't it? What if it is a two-tone? That's kind of interesting. That would be kind of an interesting addition. But once again, it's an addition, Andre. Is there anything mechanical about this vehicle that's any different than the other ones, really? Nine. Right. So the V6, the Pentastar's still there. Remember the Pentastar? <laughs> Yes, I well, do. No. We just had it in Stubby. <laughs> Poor little Stubby had to deal with that engine, and we worked little guy hard. Stubby was our 1500 classic, really bare bones base model. Um, 2023 was it? Or it's 2022? A, ours was a 22 model, right? Uh, but of course, it continues. But it's the same exact powertrain. But it's good. Do you know why? Because it doesn't change. That means they've built millions of these engines, yes. and uh, they can be, 
easily fixable. They, they, they have a good reputation. 305 for, horsepower, 273 pound-feet of torque. Yes? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, quick question for you. Uh -huh. What's the base model that General Motors is now using? They have a turbocharged engine, the 2.7. What's its output? Uh, 430 pound-feet of torque and 310 horsepower. Remind me again how much torque that the Pentastar puts out? 273. Yes. So, okay, so your point is it's not torque. I agree. Okay, true. Uh, the Pentastar is that the engine that you have to rev high to get the power. And it's an unhappy engine to rev. It just doesn't sound like it's doing well. And it, it can take a lot. I'm not trying to put down the engine in terms of its reliability. So far, every Pentastar vehicle we've had for long term, and we've had a few, have all proven to be pretty reliable. And the engine does a decent job of doing its basic job. However, once it's under load, especially going up the Ike Gauntlet, that powertrain has proven to be very um, unhappy, right? Especially with trailers. Yeah. If, if you're towing. Yes. Yeah, so but they have the Hemi, the 5.7 liter with 395 horsepower and 410 pound-feet of torque. 410 pound-feet of torque. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, your truck, the high output version, how much torque does that put out? My hybrid yeah. that I used to have? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh. Your current pickup. Your mid-sized truck. Uh, 390. Mm -hmm. Just... Not the most powerful version, but mine is 300. What about the most powerful version? Once again, 430. Okay, so you can get a mid-sized truck. Yes. A little Colorado. A little Colorado with a four-cylinder turbocharged engine. Yes. That puts out more torque than this big Hemi. Um, yes. Guys, my problem is, is the fact that they haven't upped these numbers. They haven't done anything to these powertrains to keep them competitive. And they fall behind, they fall behind, they fall behind. Yes, the 5.7 is a perfectly good engine. It's actually a much better towing engine, obviously, than the Hemi or than the uh, Pentastar. But yeah. it's still lacking behind almost all the competitors, but, even four-cylinders. But look, Nathan, it has a little e-torque thing. Is that still there? Yes. And that did what? Uh, it does... Um, it. it it gives you a tiny push off the line. So for the first few inches of motion, mm -hmm. the electricity helps you. And then it smooths out the shift points, you know, the, the eight-speed automatic. So the electricity just helps you just kind of smoothly accelerate. Mm. Does it really? That's what they said. Does it really? Oh, also start-stop. So when you come to complete stop, the electric motor smooths out that little rough transition that um, is on other vehicles. It kind of makes it smooth. Okay. I'll give it the start-stop part, but we have had e-torque in many vehicles, and we've had it in, uh, we haven't had it in other vehicles. Well, we owned a Rebel with e-torque. Yes, we did. Yes, V8. Now, did you really notice an appreciable difference between driving an e-torque 5.7 and a non-e-torque 5.7? I did not. No, I did not. Okay. I, I'm, ta I'm talking about fuel economy and stuff like that. Look, let's just face it. What it does best is a start-stop system. I think that would be fair to say. Yes. And, of course, you might be writing comments now. Wait a minute. You know, it's known for other issues like valve tick, you know, Hemi. Uh, issues over the years. Well, all engines have certain Yeah, problems. I'm not going to deny that, you know, and, and I'm not saying this and, is the most robust, reliable engine and, out there. And we acknowledge it, but, yeah. you know, we personally haven't had a lot of problems with these. No, and um, I, I, ha I know a Dodge person who's had um, the uh, previous generation Rebel, was the first generation Rebel, okay. with that engine. Okay. And he's got about a, almost about a quarter of a million miles on it with no major problems. And it's problems. still going. The only thing, he's had some problems with the rear axle. Everything else has been fine. 
Yeah, and so, so that's that's my take on this, Nathan. That yes, they they should and probably could upgrade the power numbers on these engines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to see at least 400 horsepower because the Ford five-liter Coyote right makes that at least right uh, or more torque because you know other engines have more torque. Even four-cylinder. Uh, and, uh, but but this engine is well understood. It's been there for a decade. What or and more. what transmission is it hooked up to? Eight speed, and right. it's a ZF. So the transmission, I I don't think you could poke at the transmission. I can't. You can poke. Yeah. Now for those of you who are listening, what I'm doing is I'm pretending using my mime skills that I'm rotating a very large dial. Oh, click 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 click, and that's because it is a dial, uh, basically dialed to choose transmission. It's not even a gear lever. I don't like that personally. Some people do. Fine, but here's the deal about the ten or the eight-speed transmission that's in this truck. Yes, there's a nine-speed available in some trucks, and there's ten-speed available in many, many trucks. Yes, and in reality, I think that once again, upgrading and updating their powertrains is something that Ram is falling behind on. Okay. Well, before we talk a little bit more about the interior and technology right okay uh, i i want to bring this up and i'm going to show you a picture bam supercharged 6.2 liter oh is that available in any other model other than the trx which no really only, in t- only in the trx if this was available in some base model i'd be thrilled it's not it's nope. not this so you're showing me an engine that goes into essentially a ninety thousand dollar truck well, it starts at currently at eighty six ish and then of you're course not, with options. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, get, it's you're not higher minimum. But yeah. people were fearful, right? Because we talked a little that bit it about this year. that it will yeah. disappear. Yeah. Uh, because we talked about the Dodge Charger and the Dodge Challenger right. going away with the big V8s, um, and thankfully, here it is on Ram's website. The TRX is still here for 2024. We don't know what's going to happen after 2024. No idea. But at least for another 12 months or more, uh, we or people with um, who are well off could purchase a new TRX. Yeah, that's but that's, you know, your top one percent. Sorry, but as awesome as that engine is, it's there's not even a detuned version available anywhere else. And I know there's a lot of engineering that goes into making these trucks. I get it. But nonetheless, there's a huge elephant in the room aside from me. What is it? I will rock you like a hurricane. Oh. Where is thine hurricane with the turbochargers and the straight six? It's not here. Why are you using a German accent? Because of a hurricane rock you like a scorpions. Oh, oh, they do this. Song. Oh, I see. Oh, God. Just like, I'll okay. write, I'll, no, I'll no. draw a map. Okay. No, no. Thank you. Uh, um, so I would agree with you. Uh, I'm a little bit bumped. Why, why am I bumped? So... The, they, they talked about their straight six, three liter, twin turbo. Actually, there's two versions of the Hurricane. Yeah, there's right? the high output. And the standard right, right. Hurricane. But it's a, it's a straight six engine. Mm-hmm. So what do we know about straight sixes? They're smooth. Um, BMW's been using it in their performance cars for, for years. decades. Yeah. Uh, GM has a straight six diesel. Which Smooth, is one of powerful. the best, in, it's by far the best in class, even when the other ones were making them. It was really good. And when Stellantis FCA Chrysler, this, let's, let's call them yeah. all those names, because that's the name of their company over the years, they're really good at engine design. And they spent a lot of time creating this beautiful three-liter straight six. And a lot of money. A lot of money. I think the factory is probably ready to pump them out. Yeah. But where is it? In a Jeep. Uh, not, it's not even really a Jeep. They don't want to call it's, it a Jeep. It's a Wagoneer. In a Wagoneer. 
And uh, so far, reports are that it is a very strong engine. And I'm thinking to myself, why isn't this available for RAM? And then let's go one step further. Um, right now, Stellantis is trying really hard to move towards electrification. I totally get it. They do the 4 by es and that's a hell of a step in the right direction for certain vehicles. However, they built this engine with the idea that would hook up to a hybrid system of some sort. I'm not seeing that either. Really, my bottom line is, is that these updated powertrains should be in these trucks now or very soon. I don't get it. I haven't heard any announcements or anything else. And Ram is falling behind the competition. Well, this page, their 2024 Ram 1500 page on the Ram trucks, does not mention the hurricane. I know. At all. I know. But uh, there was a leak about a couple of weeks ago now, mm -hmm. uh, which showed 2025. There was like a VIN that was leaked. Somebody looked it up on the little uh, option list. Right. And the hurricane appeared in that list. But we're talking about 2025 model year, which is like a year and a half or more away from now. Yes, yes. I mean, remember, we're, we're a ways uh, away. Uh, uh, that's, not, that's not good. No. So what I think that maybe they should have done is added this year, the 2024 model year at the end of this year, and in limited quantities. Yeah. You know, give people an option. You know, buy this or buy that. Right. But, but and then let the media, like goons like us, yeah. get behind the wheel of these things, attest to whether or not it's good or not, and really get it out there. It's so important that they keep updated and keep competitive with everybody else. And you mentioned electrification, maybe yes. possible hybrid. I think Ford F-150 builds a hybrid. No, I it's, it's a really good truck. Yeah, and it combines both. I think Ford really kind of nailed it. They combines both speed, performance, towing, yeah. but also efficiency. If you're not in that turbocharged V6 from Ford, like I was driving around town, I was getting 26 MPG around town. You know what blows my mind? 26. Is Ford did it better than Toyota. I was actually, I was not I expecting know. My, that. I know, my jaw is on the floor. Yeah, Toyota did almost the exact same thing. They even had a 10 speed that they hooked up to it. They have a hybrid. But for some reason, they want the power route. I'm not saying that it was necessarily a bad thing because some people really want that power and they don't care about efficiency. But the bottom line is that Toyota has a similar type of powertrain that Ford has with a V6 that's wind turbocharged and it's hooked up to a hybrid powertrain. Yeah, and I just was talking to somebody over the July 4th break. Mm -hmm. um, um, their friend bought a Tundra hybrid and they were disappointed in the efficiency that mm -hmm. it had because, I mean, We've tested it. Mm -hmm. We were, we showed that it's not an efficiency king by any means. No, it's a power king. It's, uh, it's very power powerful. King. Yeah. Uh, but Toyota, in their language, hybrid kind means efficiency. But it wasn't in this case. It exactly. wasn't in the case of the Tundra. However, Toyota has a hybrid on their full-size truck. Ford has a hybrid on their full-size truck. We're soon going to be uh, seeing hybrids on mid-size trucks. Um, GM is not in the hybrid game. They're not. So, they're in the diesel game. They're in the diesel and that's game, and that's kind of their claim to fame: is hey, we're the only ones who are still producing a diesel, a really super efficient one too. <clears throat> As such, I'm not giving them a free pass, but I am saying, okay, at least they have that.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Um, but Ram? No. Ram is staying away from that. They should have plug-in hybrid pickup trucks by now. They should have been the first to the game with that because they have the tech, damn it. I know they have the tech. So, but here's my counter-argument, Nathan. Granted, with everything we've said so far, price, price, price. If they offer the Hurricane engine and let's say they hook up an electric motor to it and they do all this amazing thing, let's say it gets upper 20s in the efficiency and it's amazing, but it's going to cost a lot too. So, what, have, a, what about affordable trucks? Okay, what about affordable trucks? Well, that's what you get when you have a Pentastar attached to your truck. You can maybe charge a little bit less. because really? Could, Do me a favor. What? Not on the Classic, because that's not fair. On this truck, I want you to equip it with a Pentastar and four-wheel drive. You mean 2023 model, like the current one? Right. All right, let, let me... Let's, let me, let's let, do that. Let, let me try that. So, if I went to ram.com... Ramtrucks.com. Okay, of course it's not going to load. Okay, Tradesman. Okay, mm-hmm. Tradesman. Basic, brand new generation. You get DT, a four-wheel drive. With, four with by four. Extra. Do you want a full crew? Yeah, I get the crew cab. Okay, maybe a short bed because that's the most popular mm-hmm. configuration. Okay. What are we at right now? Uh, 47. Okay, great. Oh, what? Yep. Okay, now, that's with the Pentastar, right? No, no, no. That's including the V8. Let me, let me decrease that. Let me go to the V6. And the price... Uh, drum beat is forty six thousand five hundred dollars. So it drops uh, just under two grand, right? About three grand they charge for the uh, Hemi. Okay, okay. They they value the Hemi all right, at all three right. grand. So let's let's get this basic truck out there and done with that particular powertrain. So it's just under forty seven grand. Okay. Now, if you were to equip a Chevrolet. It, the equivalent, it would be a little bit more expensive for the Chevrolet. This might be the value leader. Because I just recently did that with for a friend of mine. Okay. And with the four-cylinder turbo. By the way, I have to say this now because they do have a Warlock package for 2995 right now mm-hmm. on their new-gen truck, too. Yeah. So, so even on the work truck, you can get the Warlock package? Yes. And you can get it now. It comes with blacked-out components electrically locking rear axle, fog lamps, um, larger touchscreen inside, yada, yada, yada. It's a hell of a list. I'm looking at it uh, now. Yeah, and it has a slightly lifted suspension with slightly larger all-terrain tires, and it's available now. So it's going to continue for 2024. And how much is that package? Uh, three grand, basically. Okay, so the money you just saved by not having the Hemi. You can you put can it into put it, off-roading. Right, we'll do that. Click on that, would you? Okay. So adding that. So that should be about a $50,000 truck. 
Oh wait, it's making me do things. Ah, is it's it making, making you get me, that engine? Yeah, I knew it. And now the price is skyrocketing. Yeah, so it, now we're about fifty-five thousand dollars. Am I correct? If you do that, uh, we're we're closing in on it. Yes. Yeah. So, but all manufacturers do this stuff where where you can't get one thing without I several know. other I, things. I I I agree with you one hundred percent. So. It may be one of the least expensive four-wheel drive pickup trucks out there with the Pentastar. I think you may be able to make a competitive Ford. Uh, General Motors is a little tiny bit more expensive, and that's because of that turbo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I've priced a few of these. That's what we do. I mean, when we're bored, we price things out and then <laughs> you know, try to quote them. Yes. But at the end of the day, here's kind of where my head is. If I'm getting better towing and better performance out of a vehicle that costs, let's say, $1,000 more, I'm going to get that vehicle that costs $1,000 more. $3,000 more? No, not necessarily. That's a lot. But $1,000 more, for me at least, that'd be enough for me to go, hmm, if I'm getting a lot more truck for that little cabbage, I think that's okay. And I think that that's about where the price difference is going to be. So let me see. So uh, crew cab, short bed, Work truck, brand new Chevy Silverado, mm -hmm. 4 by 4 47, right? 47. Almost identical, mm -hmm. as far as I can tell. And, and there's the, a very good reason for that, too. You know, well, they, they're competitive. They keep, yeah, they, and they keep an eye on each other's pricing. Absolutely. And they might have deals. So we, we recently did a story about current inventory on lots, mm -hmm. and Ram... It was not a good story for Ram. No, they surprising. had a lot of trucks on lots. So if you guys are looking for trucks and you're desperate and you're sick of Ford and Chevy saying, "Hey, yeah, we'll have one for you in six months or a year," go over to some of the lots for Ram. You'll find a, quite a few on their own lots. They are not selling them, and I think the reason why mm -hmm. is because they do not have modern powertrains. That's part of the reason why. That's my that's my okay opinion. Well, let us know, guys, in the comments below, which what you think as well. By the way, Chevrolet is also putting some cash. Uh, there's a $1,500 discount that they're advertising right now. Uh -huh. They have also about $1,000 of customer cash discount and uh, market purchase bonus cash. So wow. these manufacturers are beginning to play the games they used to play. Right, the MSRP game with when, discounts. without overblowing it. Now, granted, the dealership may not play that game, and we can't attest to that because we know what happens. Uh, but the other side of it is I believe that truck is easily compatible competitive with the Ram, right, in terms of pricing? Yeah, so okay. I, I guess... So you know, within $1,000. Yeah, but the story really comes down to, would you like a truck that didn't change much? You know, because you appreciate, you know, the things that may be a little bit more reliable because they're not changing? Mm -hmm. Or do you want the latest and greatest? I'm in a little bit more of a latest and greatest type of uh, camp. Mm -hmm. You might be also... Normally, I, I like old school, but I'm getting just a little tired of, of, you know, a company that hasn't advanced when I know they have the advanced equipment to move forward. Um, and I'm not going to bash on RAM all day long, but there is one final thing, and I think this, this could lead to our other topic on this, which is onboard power. Yes. So it's becoming a huge feature or very important feature. I think it's truly important. Yes. And uh, this came to light immediately when the 2021 F-150 hybrid came out, right? Mm -hmm. They, I think they surprised the industry, really, with this feature. Yeah. Uh, because they said, bam, our hybridized truck has 7.2 kilowatts or 7,200 watts of exportable power, which means we charge an electric car with ours. Yeah, you can run 220 off the damn thing. Yes. No problem. You, we, David welded off of it. Yep. 
although albeit like it wasn't super powerful. No, well, little beats here and there, but uh, it still did but the still, job. Still did it. The, you know what? What um, preceded that in terms of that type of capability, what? or even remotely close to that? What a Mitsubishi Outlander. PHEV. What? That was the only thing you could get that had any output whatsoever that was usable. Well, because everybody kind of evened out on 400 watts, yeah. right? That was like the industry standard. Let's give them, you know, a 115 volt regular plug, mm -hmm. uh, about 400 watts. So you could plug your laptop in and or, maybe... Or uh, maybe like it. a gaming console, right? Yeah. You can play a game, you could watch a movie, yeah. something like this. But, but we needed more, and now we know more exists. Yep. And the fact that GM is not playing in this space, uh, except their electric truck, right? Mm -hmm. That's coming out soon, the Silverado EV. They're playing that game there. Ram is not playing that game. Stellantis is not playing that game. And they have plug-in hybrids with good-sized batteries. Until, well, they started with the 2024 Wrangler because it has a little extension you could buy yes. to power, I think it's 3,000 watts. Okay, that's already something. That is something, I agree. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but in terms of pickup trucks through Stellantis, absolutely nothing, no movement. And then there's Toyota. Yes. Once again, so and Toyota has a hybrid <laughs> powered with, with the Tundra. Yes. Without it. Yes. Without exportable power. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, to it me. has 400 watt systems, though. Yeah. Um, and now the Tacoma that's coming, they mm -hmm. bumped it up. Yes. So, so I think they're listening. At I least, agree. At least. And I think what happened is Ford took them by surprise. Mm. I totally, just like they did with the Maverick, Ford has popped in with these trucks, or even the Lightning, if you think about it, that were developed and produced very quickly. And when they came out with onboard power, uh, what do they call it, pro power on, on the Ford? Pro power on board. Yeah. Um, and when people realized, not only is it capable of powering a campsite or a work site, but Hey, if you have, as long as you have the right setup at your house and you lose power during a major storm, let's say, oh, I don't know, no storm in Texas, you can actually plug your truck in and have it power your house and it'll work as a wonderful generator. That's huge. That's utility. That's what trucks are supposed to do. They're supposed to be all things to all people. Yeah. And the fact that nobody else is really jumping on this is kind of... Uh, it's shocking, actually. It, it is. It's, right now, it is, it's very no, shocking. No pun intended. <laughs> You know what else? Uh, I was recently at an event, uh -huh. which was outdoors, and there was a tent set up, right? The mm. white tent. Yeah. And behind it, there was, you know, a little restroom, you know, one of those portable trailers. Oh, yeah, with the nicer little, ones. Yeah, the nicer restroom. Rather than squat and, and, and drop. Then, and then next to it is uh, was like a little trailer for catering, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And the catering trailer had a really loud generator. Yeah. I mean, we were trying to do business there, talking about vehicles, right? And this right? thing's rattling it's away. Like, yeah. For like... Four hours straight. I'm like, my goodness, why couldn't they like hook up a Ford to it? Yeah, you can something? barely hear those things running. They just Even though, along. yeah, when the Ford, because it can power something without running the engine, but only for a very limited time. Then maybe the engine kicks two, on automatically. But the right? engine just idles most of the time. Yeah, and it's a very quiet, you know, uh, sound deadened thing as opposed to what basically sounds like somebody on a scooter going at 4,000 RPM. Yes. So. It's also the convenience of it, right? Yeah. When you're going camping or in anywhere, outdoors, or even in the camping park, you don't want to be a nuisance with that loud generator running all the time. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I do. I, I think that, once again, <laughs> you know, I, Ford is not perfect by any means. They've made plenty of mistakes. However, I will say that their onboard power system, which is available in not one but two trucks, because you could get it in the Lightning as well, they absolutely re 
rewrote the game, and I think that everybody needs to copy that. They do. Just like bird's eye view parking. Remember, it was just Nissan was early Nissan, on. Yeah. yeah, they're the early adopters, Nissan Infinity. And now almost everybody has a form of it. And I think that this is something that needs to be copied by all truck makers, every single one of them. Yeah. And, um, well, new technologies are coming every day. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to bring it up. I was recently at Magna. Uh, Magna is a tier one supplier. They supply big components like transfer cases and big powertrain components, electric motors. Yeah, they're making certain concept vehicles to test uh, these things on too. They also built G-Wagons yes. for Mercedes. Uh, they built Unimogs for Mercedes. They have a lot of capability globally, and they also built small parts, mm -hmm. you know, mirrors, sidesteps, you name it, yeah. uh, lights, everything. Um, and technologies are improving, and I think we're gonna be seeing a lot more high-tech stuff coming into our world. I'm looking forward to that. I know that you only can discuss so much of it. And you know what? Hmm. They also talked about pricing because they understand that. Um, and because when you add, add, add features, 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 mm -hmm. uh, inevitably prices can go up. Right. But they talked about sensor integration. So instead of buying four cameras or four radar sensors, putting it into like a single unit, First of all, you subtract the number of parts you're using. Right. It's easier to produce and build at the factory, and also potentially the price comes down. So they're totally on, on the game there. I hope they're not starting to use AI because you're going to start seeing some weird images on your screen. Uh, they possibly could use AI. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, yeah, but well, they're ahead of the. They're really ahead of the game, and I give them a lot of credit for that. Hey, can I go into a quick rant? It's not going to be long, but it has to do specifically with what we do as journalists. This is TFL podcast rant. <laughs> yes, but this is just me doing it, and okay. uh, I, I promise to stay sort of on topic. Now we are journalists. That's what we do at the end of the day. Andre Roman and I, Tommy. Uh, Alex, Case, we you name all. Name it, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Uh, we, we all are journalists. That's the first thing we do. So, as such, uh, we all write or we produce video content and we try to bring you the news. Now, one of the things we do is that whenever something's come up from somebody else, be it Jalopnik, be it, uh, you know, the New York Times, we will either mention them or we'll write attribution to them. We always do. And if we ever miss that, then by all means, you know, bring us to task and we'll, we will take care of it. Well, it goes both ways. Because when somebody uses our story, oh, we, jump on we, want, we want them to refer to us. Yes, exactly. Yes. And that's all that needs to be done in order for the whole world of journalism, in terms of the automotive world at least, to play nicely with each other. But it doesn't always happen. Hmm? And we've been brought, it, it's been brought to my attention by multiple people that it happens both ways, but mostly... Uh, a lot of people may blame us, TFL, for using something, but at the same time, it's like, oh, no, we clearly did uh, some form of attribution. So what I want to get at is if we make these types of mistakes, and th this is a really, this is one that I hold true because I, I went to school to learn to be a journalist, and anybody saying that we're not following the rules, I, I, want, it, I want proof. And then if we made the mistake, we will own up to it 100%. And we'll fix it And we will fix it. Exactly. But if you guys are just throwing that out there because you heard it from a little bird and you saw it written on the side of a bathroom stall, uh, yeah, that's not going to work. So I'm, I'm just throwing that out there to anybody who's listening or watching. If you think we need to be brought up to speed on something that we missed, let us know. However, please provide some proof so that way we can fix it if we need to. 
That's it. That's my rant. I'm done. That, that was a small one. It was a small one. But I needed to get that out because I saw some things recently that were a little disturbing where people were saying that we weren't being, you know, being professional and we weren't attrib- uh, giving attribution to those who deserved it. And that's never the case for us. So. Yes. So I didn't go to proper school for journalism. Yeah, but you I, became I, an engineer and you got a patent. And but I went, to, I went to Nathan Adlin's school and Roman oh. Micah's school. <laughs> um, well, because we've been working for, together for 12, 13 years. Yeah, for a while um, now. And there's a couple of things I learned too. Uh, well, more, maybe more than a couple, but multiple sources. Yes. Right, because if you see something in one source, and that goes for all of us, mm-hmm. right? Because it's really tempting to quote a source. Yes. Oh, this people person said that blah, blah, blah did this. Okay, but but are there more than one source? You have to find backup. You find, yeah. yeah, and that's important for anybody, not just a journalist, right. but just any any person, because and that's what we always do too, because it's really tempting to jump on a story. Well, especially with the internet. I mean, come on, let's yeah. face it. You guys, some of you guys live on the net, and you're just like, oh, the first thing that jumps out, you jump on, and maybe there's absolutely no proper attribution to it, and you have to find out where that source is really from, and perhaps if they have a reason for putting it out there that is something more than just news. Yeah, so that's also always, imp- and that's what we do here, yes. too, because uh, research, 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 that's important, which is why when I saw that Warlock package, that mm-hmm. surprised the heck out of me, because I, I didn't know this, so I apologize. So, no, but, but at the same time, we also learned in addition, if you want that Warlock package, yes, you can get it with the base model. However, suddenly yeah. it's not a base model, because you have to put You have to get a V8. You have to put the V8 in there stuff. and all that, so forget it in the, if you're going for super cheap. Just don't, because they suddenly have to dole out a lot more money. But the thing is, is that Ram's not the only company to do this. And almost everybody likes to package oh, things. Oh, Ford does it all the time, All too. the time. But Ford, you can still get a really cheap base model full-size truck. However, are they still using that uh, boat anchor V6? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of boat anchors, I mean, uh, we just talked about the Panastar, which is not really a boat but anchor. The, but the Panastar is better than that V6. I will give Panastar credit so on that. So Ford still it's uses... Just, yeah. The 3.3. Yeah. Yeah, the, that, that V6 is still there. It's terribly old, and uh, I'm sure it's rugged and reliable, but it's the numbers aren't very impressive on it. And frankly, I wouldn't want to get that. I don't know if you can get that with, like, you know, kidding the truck Not out Not many. Much. I, what, I'm, what I'm doing here right now, wow, four-wheel drive costs almost $4,000. Um, what I'm doing here is I'm on the Ford site, and I'm trying to build the XL crew cap 4x4 F-150. For, for the least amount of money. Yeah. Just and to be I, competitive. And I chose that basic V6. Uh-huh. It's not a turbo. Not, not no, a turbo it's, not, it's not the twin turbo. That would be a whole different world. Um, and the price is... 47 Oh, my God. It's the same price. So, once again, now, I, so... In the three, in the three that we just talked about, yeah. the Chevrolet has the most power, to, uh, especially torque. Um, yeah, and it's actually a turbocharged engine. Also, Chevrolet did a new um, um, warranty. Yes, yes. We gotta, we gotta Bring mention that, up. that. Yeah, you tell them because they increased it from sixty thousand mile warranty on the powertrain to a right. hundred thousand miles. Which is a huge deal. That is a legitimately yeah. noticeable jump, and I'm thrilled that they did that. I wish they would do a bumper to bumper on their truck. That'd be really cool. But nonetheless. If you're looking at this from, you know, the optics are, you could be a Ford fan, a Ram fan, or a GM fan, but if you're looking for the most truck for the money, and you're going for a base model truck, and that's one thing that Andre and I do, we don't 
necessarily you know throw ourselves at these eighty ninety thousand dollar trucks because we know that most people can't buy them and we can't <laughs> we can't either uh-huh. I have a thirty one thousand dollar truck you have a forty one thousand yes. dollar truck yes that's about as far as we go my friends yes um, but these trucks that we're looking at full size trucks we're trying to keep them under fifty grand give you four wheel drive give you a crew cab and they exist. I don't know. If, can you th- you think you could do that with a Toyota as well? With the, uh, yeah, I'm Tundra? trying, and okay. and we're not talking a lot about the Titan because well, <sighs> they sold what was it, what was it uh, almost eleven thousand trucks in six months. For it's Titans, not, that's uh, not those very are good. very small numbers. Yeah, that's so, and for I I honestly don't have hope that the Titan's going to make it through 2025 at this rate, um, but. It's a good truck. Don't get us wrong. And if you can find a deal, and I think you can, on a Titan that's sitting in the lot, by all means, go for it. That uh, 5.6 liter V8 is still one of our favorites. It's a wonderful engine. Um, But they don't give you many options with the Titan. Uh, So when you go to Outfit One, you really have very few things. Only one powertrain. Only one transmission. Uh, I think there's four different trims or three different trims, something like that. It's it's not a lot. And I think yeah. you can get two different cap configurations. Well, well, they were paring them down, right? They offered more a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, but they did. as sales kind of dwindled, it's kind of a downward spiral almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, they, they pared down, mm-hmm. removed the diesel engine. Right, oh, that, that was a while XD. ago. Yeah. yeah. So, unfortunately, yeah, the Nissan's... So, I'm just building a Tundra. So, I went SR... So, which is their basic grade, right? SR. Right. I chose a crew cab with a short bed, which was which is what we did with the other ones, mm-hmm. and then I chose the more or the four wheel drive. So I chose the four wheel drive, and then so that's about it. I don't want to choose any more. By the way, mm-hmm. Toyota does this weird thing where, you know, every manufacturer makes you put in a zip code when you're trying to configure something, so they know like where you live. Yeah, and they'll be able to bounce it off someone if you want to. Start sure. Looking. Sure, like uh, they can recommend a dealership near sure, you. Of course. But uh, Toyota does something a little bit unique. They also have a limited number of trucks that they're sending to each region. Mm-hmm. So here, <laughs> I'm just building an SR Tundra, and there's only four colors available: white. Uh, magnetic gray, celestial silver, and black. So what if I wanted like a blue truck in a basic truck? I can't get it in my region. So Hmm. Toyota does this interesting thing where um, you you have to go to another region to get another color, which is kind of weird. Anyway, the price is... Because I was in the weeds there for a second. Sorry sorry about that. No, no, no. I want to bring you to the other Woo! So they're forty-five eight. So they're about a grand or more below. They're a little over a grand below the other guys. As long Who, as you don't want blue. Yeah, but you get the twin turbocharged V six. It's granted, it's the detuned one. Yes. But it's still a ten speed. Am I right? Yes. Four wheel drive, ten speed, extra cab for over a grand less than all the other players. There you go. That's your consumer advice right there. There you go. We didn't expect to even go in this direction. <laughs> we were initially talking about RAM, but I think but that, that once again, though, that kind of points the finger back at RAM. Why are you charging X amount of dollars for this old, tired Pentastar when a brand new twin turbocharged V6 with a 10-speed behind from it? From Toyota. From Toyota is available for less money. Now... I know that some of you guys might be saying, well, have you seen the Toyota interior? Or have you even seen the Toyota? I'm not, I'm not arguing that point. I'm talking about for people who want entry-level, full-size truck. Toyota right now is the king when it comes to pricing. If you can get that price, which is another whole different issue, 
considering what dealerships are pulling. Hey, one final thing. Can I bring this up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, white, silver, gray, and black, as, sure. a, and you said colors. Sure. You know what's been going on? What? There's like one or two different viewers who are yelling at us every time we call them colors, saying, those aren't colors. What is it? The shades. Haven't you heard of 50 Shades of Grey? Uh, yes. Okay. So, um, officially, yes, they're not considered colors. My wife... Uh, you know, white and black. Did you consult? Color. Did you consult? She's with the your boss. Own? Yeah, she, she's. Uh, so wait, what if what if I'm do dealing with like velocity blue? What is that? That's a color. Oh, but but when you're talking about the grayscale, those are not colors. Correct. Those are shades. Right. According to someone who's been correcting us a lot. So you know what I'm going to do? Mm. I'm going to completely ignore that, and I'm still going to call them colors. Do you well, know why? Well, they're different colors. Yeah. So. Celestial silver. That's a color, not a shade. Magnetic gray. That's a color, not a shade. Ice cap white. Oh, ice cap is definitely a color, not a shade. Midnight black. Midnight black is definitely not a color. <laughs> no. What's well, the absence of color? It's the absence of color, which makes it a color in my book. So anyway, uh, go ahead and write in. Send your uh, complaints to Roman Micah care of <laughs> well, that's a new one. I mean, I know people complain about a lot, but... But I, but I noticed this on some of our... I've looked at some of the things, and we've talked about colors, and we've talked about white or whatever. White is an unusual color. It's like a, a sentence, or not an easy color to shoot is black. Yes. If you want to talk Yoda-like. And, they're, oh, no, that's not a color. You guys are so uneducated. How can you horribly... Oh, my God, I'm, I'm not ever watching this again until I complain on the next one. Um, so, anyway, we're, yeah... I wanted to throw that in. That's the second rant. Two rants for one. There's but, um, they're connected. There's more. Like uh, when I open the tailgate, I, I always in my mind say, "Do I say damped or dampened?" dampened. You know, is it is it is it wet or is it actually? Uh, I say dampened. I think that's the correct way. I think that's the correct way. And even if it's not, I'm going to keep saying it. Well, because I'm, I'm going to look want. it up. I'm a gangster. I do what I want. Um, anyway, as as we boil down everything, guys. Um, it, it comes back to what Ram is doing and um, or, or the lack thereof. And did you have another topic you wanted to bring up before we close out? Because we're actually, for once, slightly ahead of schedule. Whoa. Well, uh, well, first of all, <laughs> uh, I'm in Google Googling definitions. Can I talk about, uh, uh, while you're doing the Googling definitions, it's really funny we're doing that during the podcast. Okay. Uh, Tacoma TRD Off-Road, the images that were leaked. And one of the images that was very compelling to me, yeah. it looked like it had uh, uh, runners on it. Ooh, rock sliders. Rock sliders. Uh, now, if that's uh, something that comes from the factory, that could be a really cool thing because not everybody does that. They'll put in like steps that look like them, but they'll say that they're not actual sliders because, you know, liability. If you put in a step that looks like a slider, then you use it as a slider and it dents your truck and then you try to sue them and they say, oh, it was never a slider. That's the same reason why Toyota, when they put a snorkel on a vehicle, they call it a clear, a clear de de desert intake. Desert intake. Desert air intake. Right, and that prevents you from going through the water up to the hood and killing the engine and everything else, and then trying to sue them for it and say, "Well, that snorkel didn't work properly." Well, this is their way of kind of getting through that. By the way, that mm -hmm. new snorkel design they have mm -hmm. is dynamite. Yeah, the Tacoma. That really narrow one. Yeah, it's very low profile. Very, very low profile. Yeah, and, it's sweet. And it's cool because from sitting inside the truck, when you look out, normally the snorkels are big fat things and they kind of obscure some of your vision. This one doesn't do it at all. Or very, very little, I should say. 
Yeah, so this was on the forum, um, Tacoma forum, and uh, it's it looks like a parking lot, and I'm not sure, once again, using sources, sources, sources. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure because I can't verify that exactly which location it is, if it's a, a private place that the picture was taken, which right. is would be a no-no for mm -hmm. showing. Yes. Right? Because if you're showing... Um, um, like private property or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, like you can't publicize... You know, images like if somebody invited them you into their house and they said, "Do not take pictures in the living room," and you took a picture in the living room and you published. Yeah, but only of their wife. Ooh. Oh, uh, no, no, but it's a no, no. It could be a no, no. So, but this image, yeah. I mean, it's now everywhere. Yeah. It's several images and uh, clearly visible a rock slider. Uh, you make a great point because you have to ask the engineering team usually, mm -hmm. is it weight bearing? Right. Or is it just right. for looks? Right. And uh, more often than not these days, it's weight bearing. It's going to have to be, right? I mean, think yeah, about because, liability issues. Because it has to else. be, it ha it's a feature that has a, you know, a true function. Right. Anyways, it also has mud flaps. Yeah, it has mud flaps, and I'm also looking at the fender flares that are very black and noticeable. Yes. Um, and those wheels, they're not beadlock wheels. Uh, but they kind of look like They kind of look like it, and that's kind of the typical thing of the game. Um, the rest of the truck looks pretty much like the other uh, new Tacomas. And it looks a little bit taller, uh, yeah, you know, than some other versions yeah. we've seen, yeah. which is good. But it still has a big chin. So this this particular one still has this air dam in the front for efficiency. Yeah, but so. it's only nine bolts to remove. And according to the Toyota engineer that I was talking to, who's a hell of a cool guy, he said you could roll down onto your back and with some basic tools get that thing off there in just a couple of minutes. And I love hearing that. Yes, I would rather have a couple of clips that you could just remove by hand and pop that thing right off. But I have a feeling... If you well, were to it needs do to be that, a little bit more sturdy, well, then you also have to prevent kids from rolling over on their backs and stealing them and playing with your head. Yeah. Um, so I get it, and more importantly for them, EPA numbers do matter. So having that big chin spoiler on there, as much as it sucks, uh, across the lineup, if they do that, then they'll be able to lower their or possibly lower their EPA numbers. So these images are at Tacoma4G.com. Yeah. That, that was the forum. Tacoma4G.com. And the 4G is the 4th gen. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. So as we learn more about this, uh, by the way, this truck is supposed to go on sale later this year, mm -hmm. the new Tacoma. So we hope to drive it this year. We hope to review and test it this year. Yes. So all those things are coming. They are. And it, it's just right around the corner. Hey, let me bring up one final thing before yeah. we close out. It has to do with T-Bone. And his visit to uh, England. You talk, you mean uh, are you talking about Tommy? Grenadier, baby. You want to? Oh. Uh -huh. So something interesting happened. Uh, Tommy met the four horsemen of, of trucks. No, it's not the four horsemen. What? It's the quartermaster of trucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just don't mess with them. Tommy. Tommy actually still is, as of this recording, he is in England. However, one of the many reasons he went out there was to have a look see at the Ineos. Uh, Grenadier truck, which is known as the Quartermaster, right? Yeah, that's their name for it, right? Yeah. Right. And boy, oh boy, are some of you excited about the possibility of this thing coming stateside because it is potentially a replacement for the Defender 130, I think it was, or 110 pickup. I, I don't remember which one it was designated as the pickup back in the day, which, by the way, almost no Americans bought. However, this one has the potential as being the off-road pickup truck to buy if it comes here. Yeah, and it has some um, 
potential issues for sale here because of the chicken tax. Yes. You know, that's a whole big uh, topic. SUVs are one thing, but pickup trucks are yeah. another. And currently, the Grandier SUV is built in France, so there's kind of an issue there. Uh, because of the laws and the tax laws. Right. But it does have a lot of cool features. For example, it does have a five-foot-ish bed. Mm -hmm. uh, the bed is about five feet, just, a, I think, a little bit over that. Um, they have put a spare tire in the side of the bed because it couldn't fit underneath, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and But they tucked it away against the side, so yeah. it doesn't take a lot of space. So you still have some pretty good cargo room in the back. And it looks like a proper uh, crew cab. And in addition, uh, I'm willing to bet that a vehicle like this lends itself to having a swing-out uh, tire carrier in the back. Like Definitely a with a hitch Jeep, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, aftermarket components. And I have a feeling that that's going to be something worthwhile. But the Grenadier, for those of you who do not know, is this interesting mix of sort of old-school uh, frame-based solid-axle SUV slash truck hooked up with some modern components, including components from BMW. Yeah, um, I would... I used to call it and still call it best of breed, where like Ram chooses the Cummins engine and the Ison transmission and puts it all With together. With the heavy duties, yes. Um, so what Ineos did, they took the BMW powertrain, which mm -hmm. is the engine and the transmission, right? Yes. Hooked it up to really beefy axles, solid axles front and rear. Solid axles. Hooked it up to lockers, optional. Optional lockers. Front and rear. Right. Uh, and Recaro seats. So they really picked really kind of high-end components from yes. each respective manufacturer of components and really created their own thing. So the real question is whether or not this pickup truck will make it stateside. Now, I know a lot of you are going to clamor for it, but the, here's the question. Yeah. Would you pay $80,000 or $90,000 for this as a pickup truck? Because if you wanted it sent here currently from France, it would cost a lot of additional money for the chicken tax, additional tax in order to bring this to the United yeah. States. So you'd be you you would essentially be spending an additional, I don't know, anywhere between seven to twelve grand just to get it here in that additional tax. Is that worth it to you? I think right. that some people who have somewhat unlimited means won't have a problem with that. Well because it kind of at some respect it is a toy. It's a very useful toy. It's a yeah. pickup truck that will tow. I think this had about up to about seventy seven hundred pounds of towing approximately 16 or 1,700 pounds of payload. Mm -hmm. Those are good, actually, kind of mid-size numbers, they're, right? They're right in between sort of the mid-size and, and, and light-duty um, full-size half trucks. Half-ton right. trucks. But it's still, I would I would make it, it's kind of like a gladiator, but a little bit more on steroids and a little With bit more With a much premium. nicer interior yeah. and a much more comfortable. From what I hear, the uh, Grenadier's interior is, is uh, truly comfortable. Yeah, I, I, I drove one briefly in Canada. Yeah, so and, I, and, and what did you say? I, I, I liked it. That's what I, I, I heard. I, I liked it. From the expert, uh, my But I, I didn't like, I think they could use more bigger tire. So ah, from the factory. Uh, because right? Um, I think this is a 32 from the factory. Okay. Uh, but uh, I would like a little bit more proportional, so it, it looks better. It has better function. Um, so 35s that's, in there? That's, well, 33, 34. I would okay. just add a couple of inches. So you don't, you don't need but, that much extra to but make no, you happy. But it's really, really capable machine. And the one I drove off-road was only off-road. I didn't drive it on-road. And off-road, it was really a comfy ride. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that's just, what I've heard. the suspension is really properly set up for off-roading. I cannot speak for on-road performance right mm -hmm. now. But um, it does have that kind of German pedigree. And by the way, the doors... The way they click when they close yeah. reminds me of the G wagon. You know that uh, sound, kinda, that that's solid satisfying. Yeah, where I, we can't. I can't quite fake it with my my, my mouth going. Ching. 
that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But just it's it's like a vault. It closes it and does you have really that feeling. have that feel of something solid closing. So that means that it's a premium vehicle. Mm-hmm. So everybody who says, where's my affordable truck? Well, this is not it. Nope. So, nope. No. So it's completely but off topic But it is, it is exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. I was curious to your perspective, whether or not some of you, I know you guys are going to be like, no, 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 there's no way I pay that much for this truck. But maybe some of you wouldn't. I'm curious about that as well. Anyway, I think we're going to wrap this up. But yeah. I wanted your opinion on what Ram is doing. Are they making mistakes? I think they are. Andre's a little bit more relaxed about it because he's like, you know, old powertrains are still good powertrains. And then in addition, we want to know about onboard power, what you guys think about that, and finally about the uh, Grenadier. Oh, and also your uh, perspective on Toyota and what they're doing with their off-road package. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for joining us again. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every week you will see and listen to TFL Talking Trucks podcast. Thanks to all of you supporters on patreon.com slash tflcar. And by the way, did you know that this podcast is listened or viewed by about half a million people every month? That's sweet. Yeah, (laughs) we did something right. And we're growing. We are growing. All right. Yeah. On that note, I've actually on on that happy note, uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc this is your invitation to a master class in engineering and design your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the lexus performance line a feeling this dynamic is invite only fortunately you're invited Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus performance line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.